Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 298 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading John chapter 9 today and our focus is on why do bad things happen to people that don't deserve it or at least don't deserve it as much as other people do. So it's a really big question and a big thing to wrestle with. I hope you indulge me before we start though. By asking for prayer today, as my dear wife Janet is having fairly major surgery bright and early in the morning, probably by the time you read this podcast, she will be in surgery. So please do pray for Janet. She is a lovely wife, mom of uh, five, of our, all five of our kids. So please pray for her quick recovery, a successful surgery with good news afterwards, because. Uh, the household might get kind of scary while she recuperates over the next week or two. Today's question is, as I said, a very, very big and important question, and it comes to us in the form of this amazing blind man who encounters Jesus in John 9. Now, this guy is one of my favorite people in all of Scripture. He's sharp, he's funny, kind of sarcastic in a way I really like, and he really loves Jesus. And as a reminder of the story, this particular guy, I don't think we know his name, was born blind, and Jesus encounters him and heals him, which angers the Pharisees and religious leaders. Now, why does it anger them? Well, of course, because Jesus heals the man on the Sabbath. Well, is it unbiblical or unlawful or wrong or any problem whatsoever to heal on the Sabbath? Of course not. But the Pharisees are just inventing things and making up rules as they go along, so they interrogate the blind guy to try to figure out how Jesus, an obvious sinner, con man, charlatan, because, you know, he broke their dumb and unbiblical laws, how a, quote, sinner like Jesus could heal somebody born blind. Well, there is an amazing back and forth with the blind guy. His parents get involved and called in to testify and all this kind of stuff. But it basically ends like this. John 9, verse 24. A second time, they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. And he answered, Whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I already told you, he said. You didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? <laughs> they ridiculed him. You're that man's disciple, but we're Moses' disciple. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't even know where he's from. That's an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he's from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Throughout history, no one's ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. Uh, you were born entirely in sin, they replied, and you're trying to teach us. Then they threw him out. Like, this is awesome. This guy nails the Pharisees better than pretty much anybody in the Bible except Jesus. But that's not what we're talking about today. Rather, about Jesus' answer to one of his disciples' most important questions in all of the Bible. We read it in verse 1 through 3. As he was passing by, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man 
nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. In other words, you know, they're asking that big question. Why do bad things happen to people? And, you know, sometimes we phrase the question, why do bad things happen to good people? But that question is a bit flawed because, according to the Bible, there's no one righteous, not even one. But there are people who appear to at least be relatively good and those that appear to be relatively bad, right? So, why do some seemingly good, I don't know, teachers, doctors, moms, paramedics, nurses, and librarians suffer sickness, disability, blindness, and other terrible trials, while other seemingly bad drug dealers, crooked business peoples, money-driven oligarchs, and abusers seemingly enjoy less trials? These are some of life's biggest questions, and they puzzled people for hundreds of years, and the answers can be complex because there's many reasons for suffering, such as the one we learn about today. Bad things sometimes happen to good, seemingly good people, for God's ultimate glory. The same thing Jesus said about this man uh, that was born blind. Sometimes bad things happen to comparatively good people for the purpose of discipline. Hebrews 12, 7 says, endure suffering is discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. Now that discipline is not meant to sh- destroy, but to shape you and build character. It is a sign that you are God's son. It's not easy, but it shows you're God's child and he's doing something good in you. That's not why it is all the time, but it is sometimes. Other times, bad things happen to seemingly good people for growth, perseverance, or hope. Romans 5.3 says, Not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. Well, other times, those bad things happen to seemingly good people for the spread of the gospel and the maturity of the church. Paul says it in Galatians 4.19. He says, I am again suffering labor pains for you until Christ is formed in you. And we see this in the example of the church that uh, was rooted in Jerusalem, but got spread all around the known world. How did it spread outside the bounds of Jerusalem? By persecution and suffering. And one other reason, often bad things happen to seemingly good people for inexplicable and unexplained in this lifetime reasons. See the example of Job or Jeremiah. Uh, or Acts fourteen nineteen says, Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and When they had won over the crowds and stoned Paul, they dragged him out of the city, thinking he was dead. After the disciples surrounded him, he got up and went into the town. The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derbe. After they had evangelized evangelized that town and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them, it is necessary to pass through many troubles on our way into the kingdom of God. Well, you listen to that when... It's a guy who's just been stoned telling you that it's necessary to have many troubles. Why was Paul stoned? Was he doing something wrong? Was it for God's glory? Was it for the purpose of discipline or to grow hope? The Bible never tells us. And you know what? Sometimes, friends, you and I, we're going to go through tough times. Maybe we won't get stoned, but whatever affliction it is, we're going to go through tough times. And we may not, on this side of eternity, always understand why. But we do know whom we've believed, and we can trust that he is able to keep that which we have given unto him against the day. In other words, 
we can trust God with our lives because it will all make sense in light of eternity. We may also wonder why bad things don't immediately happen to bad people, right? I mean, it should, you know? Bad people do terrible things. We kind of instantly want justice to happen, right? But even when we don't see instant justice, and even if justice is delayed for decades or more, we can rest in the assured knowledge that God is a God of justice, ultimate justice. He will not let the in- the guilty or the wicked go unpunished. As God says in Isaiah 13, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the arrogance of the proud and abase the haughtiness of the ruthless. We see the same kind of promise in the New Testament. Second Thessalonians 1.9, Paul says, These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Though some, quote, bad people might escape punishment for a moment, unless they repent, turn to Jesus, and are washed of their sins, they will pay for their evil acts over the course of many, many, many lifetimes. God will not let the vile go unpunished. His justice is perfect. Let's read our chapter. John chapter 9, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. His neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit begging? Some said, he's the one. Others were saying, no, but it looks like him. But he kept saying, I'm the one. So they asked him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man called Jesus, made mud, spread it in my eyes, and told me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received my sight. Where is he, they asked. I don't know, he said. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees the day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was a Sabbath. Then the Pharisees asked him again, how he received his sight. He put mud in my eyes, he told them, and I washed and I can see. And some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a sinful man perform such signs? There was a division among them. Again, they asked the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He's a prophet, he said. The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight, and they asked him, Is this your son, the one you say was born blind? How then does he see now? We know this is our son, and that he was born blind, his parents answered, but we don't know how he now sees, and we don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jews, since the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him as the Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he's of age. Ask him. So a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. And he answered, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I already told you, he said, and you didn't listen. Why why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They ridiculed him. 
You're that man's disciple, but we're Moses' disciple. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he's from. That's an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. You were born entirely in sin, they replied, and you're trying to teach us. Then they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, and when he found him, he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Uh, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him, he asked. Jesus answered, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see, and those who do see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, We aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say you see, your sin remains. Profound chapter, right? Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of October, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Let's say it together. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. And again, I would humbly beg you and ask you to pray for my dear wife, Janet, and for her surgery. Hopefully we'll have a good update in the next couple of days. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.